adesso parte il tiro, rete, 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 un gol straordinario! Welcome to Rated This Way, a podcast that brings you the latest and greatest news from the world of Serie A and European soccer. My name is Michael D'Angelo, and as always, we have Paolo Nobiloni Mangoni. Welcome back, everybody. We have Mr. Chris Baselli. Hello, everyone. And we have Paju Julian D'Angelo. How's everybody doing? Everyone's doing great because we're back. We're uh, Serie A is back. That's uh, that's why we're inspired by Paul's choice here, Torna de Mer. Um, also by the same person who does Rumore. Is that uh, accurate? That is accurate, Michael. Oh. Rafael Carrera. There you go. That's yeah. why. That's why Paulo loves that song, because yeah. <laughs> he loves Rumore. Yeah. Uh, great. And Rafael Carrera. Oh, well, hey, who doesn't? Who doesn't? Exactly. I mean, people who don't yeah. know her, perhaps. <laughs> uh, yeah. But everyone else. Yeah. Sure. Very, very sure. Uh, okay, well, um, how's everyone's? Uh, how was everyone's weekend? Was it good? Yeah, the usual, the usual. You know, eating a lot. So your usual three course meal. That's it. Yeah, it's Easter weekend, yeah. right? So it's a lot exactly. of a lot of uh, eating. Obviously, I mean, uh, in I, I don't want to make sure that we're incriminating ourselves, but I'm sure in, in some sort of groups. Uh, possibly familial. Traditionally, that's what you would do. Household. Household, household, exactly. Yeah, of course, we're in our old households and we are having lots of meals, uh, which as, again, tradition states is what you're supposed to do. You have lots of lamb. You have, uh, what else do you have? I guess you're not supposed to eat on Good Friday. You're not supposed to eat like meat, so you have fish. Meat, yeah. Yeah. Uh, But that's all throughout Lent and stuff too, right? Uh, Plenty of fiedon. Uh, What's fiedon? Uh, cheese, uh, those things no, there. That, those are the... those are fratunel. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> but you're right. Plenty of fratunel. <laughs> oh god! Oh my god! No, that was not. I don't know what that was. That was not fratunel. I need my translator again. <laughs> Shit! You know what? Honestly, I don't even know if that helped you. <laughs> Jeez, Louise. Okay, well, let's uh, enough of, enough of that. <laughs> let's uh, let's get into the week that was. Uh, it actually all took part on one day, which was Saturday, uh, and we had uh, match week twenty nine, which was again a a pretty. I mean, as the season has gone over the past couple of weeks, a pretty standard, I guess, match week. We've seen some, you know, disappointments. We've seen some uh, steps forward by certain clubs. And, of course, uh, status quo was kind of kept as it was. But, again, let's let's kind of get into what happened here. So, the first game. Uh, Mal- uh, Michael, yeah. if you don't no, mind. No, sure. Go ahead. Yeah. I do mind. So, I do uh, mind, la- to be clear. <laughs> but go ahead. Well, you know, last week uh, uh, we all agreed upon five games that we would watch. And I want to say – Four of the five, or three of the five, are being discussed today. Uh, are you saying that they did not disappoint? 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's uh, an interesting point, and I will say that you chose those five games last week, so I'm yeah. not sure if it is uh, humble to be ch- saying that you know it was great, great choices. If Chris, if Chris or Julian want to say that, then great. Uh, but yourself, it's a little bit of uh, patting yourself on the back. I don't, Julian, Chris, do you, I'll, I'll leave it up to you guys. Is that a fair statement by Paulo? I mean, we'll, we'll let him pump his tires once in a while. Keep the confidence <laughs> yeah. high. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 60%. I mean, I think that's pretty good. Yeah, right? he's batting, batting 600. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, okay, uh, Paula, shut up. We're going to get into the uh, the week <laughs> weekend games here. If you weren't hosting, the shut, shut up. Uh, so <laughs> the first game we're going to go over here uh, was Milan Sampdoria. So what happened with Milan Sampdoria? It went honestly. It went as I expected it to go. I think we spoke about this maybe a bit last week, but the games after the international break are always a little tricky to predict, not the cleanest game, especially for the clubs that have a lot of players away on international duty. And Milan is one of those clubs. Pioli, I I don't want to go go into this into too much detail because I've said it probably for six or seven episodes now, but whenever we start Krunich and Castilejo as our wingers, it's, it's going to be very difficult for Milan to get chances. And that's exactly what happened. They both started as wingers and, Credit to Ranieri and Sampdoria. They absolutely dominated the first half and they probably wish they would have came out of that half with a goal or two because they really were the better team by far and large. Um, Kandreva had a good half, uh, surprisingly, uh, but for me, the man of the, of the first half anyways was Algello, uh, who's the left back for Sampdoria, but he got forward a ton, uh, made things happen, defended well. Um, so yeah, first half, all Sam Doria, no questions about it. Um, Qualiarella eventually made it 1-0 off a, a bonehead play from Teo <laughs> Hernandez. And the frustrating thing with Hernandez is he is not one of those players that went away on um, international duty, but he looked lethargic the entire game. His body language was shit. He just never looked into it. Uh, so anyways, he gifted Qualiarella that goal. And to be honest, at 1-0, 57th minute, I thought for sure Sam Doty is getting the three points here. Um, luckily for Milan, Adrian Silva went and got a second yellow, I believe it was, in the 59th minute. So two minutes after they scored, which that kind of opened the door for Milan to at least come back and draw. And they did with a guy who came on as a sub who should have started, uh, Jens Peter Hauge, 87th minute, tied it with a, kind of a nice curler around um, Aldero. Milan could have maybe tied it later on in the 93rd minute with Kessie, but uh, I would summarize this. I say Milan are lucky to come away with a draw. If, Like I said, if Silva doesn't get that red, I don't think there's any way Milan come away with any points from this. Fair. Um, but uh, I just want to kind of reiterate there on what, a, what an absolute bonehead play, as you mentioned. That's just... From Hernandez. Oh, what a gift that was. Yeah. Yeah, it was just like a, a casual pass. Um, yeah, um, I, I don't know what, what, what he saw. But I think the, the, the bigger concern for me is why is Pioli still playing Castilejo and Krunic? Or why is he starting both of them? I, I know injuries are a factor, but uh, Hauge was there. Salamakers mm-hmm. was there. Um, yeah, again, b- better teams are going to put Milan away early and not let them come back. Absolutely. Well, well, I, again, again, I, I remember, I remember, I remember, I was doing, uh, I was talking about this game last week, and I did say that 
you know, talking about coming back from international break, uh, the fact that Milan had plenty of injuries and, and the fact that Sampdoria are no pushover. And, you know, again, I, I'm going to keep pumping my, I'm going to keep pumping my tires. And I was proven, I was proven right again this week in the sense that uh, Sampdoria did give uh, Milan a lot of trouble. I just wanted to, Chris talked about uh, Hauge's goal. Uh, to me, I have no idea what Adara was doing uh, past the six-yard box. Uh, there was two defenders in front of him, and if he, in my opinion, if he was still uh, in uh, on his goal line and allowed uh, his defenders to kind of close down Hauge, it would have gave uh, Hauge a lot more um, difficulty, or yeah, difficulty in actually placing that shot. In my opinion. Yeah, I still think he, I mean, it's a split-second decision. He either stays on his line or he comes off like he did. I think he was, in the back of his mind, he's trying to close down the angle and at least force him to make a a more difficult challenge. And then also hoping that his defenders are going to press the ball. They didn't really do it, so it worked out for Milan. Uh, The last thing I do want to mention, it probably goes without saying, but as you guys know, Ibra returned to the Swedish national team and Again, for a guy at 39 where Milan was already monitoring his minutes, for him to go away for mm-hmm. a week or whatever it was and play in two or three games, he it really showed with his play. Um, I mean, he's already pretty static as it is, and it, it really showed against Sampdoria. There wasn't much movement from him. So, uh, yeah, hopefully ne- next weekend Milan can show up, put in a better performance because it was just, like I said, lethargic. Yeah. Maybe as as Ebro goes, right? The the rest of the kind of squad yeah, follows. Most of the time. That's it, right? Yeah. And, and again, that's that's what we saw when he came last January. Is that what it was? And and he kind of yeah. dragged them into just being competitors a little bit more so, right? So it's it's kind of mirrors here, even when he's uh, a little bit off his game. Exactly. Uh, okay, well, moving forward here, let's uh, let's move on to Napoli Cortone. So uh, Napoli get the win uh, at in the. Late, late in the game, they almost blow a 3-1 lead. Um, Simi has a brace, and uh, yeah, again, it's it, it takes a 72nd minute goal from Di Lorenzo to make it 4-3 uh, after it was yeah. uh, 3-1 in the first half. So Di Lorenzo had a goal and assist, which again is going to prove my point that he should be included in the Italy squad. There we go. That's, for the that's three points for Paulo so far. Yeah. Um, yeah. three tires pumped. We got we need one more for a proper <laughs> truck or something. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, Genoa uh, tied Fiorentina. Destro with his tenth goal this season. Uh, future uh, Euro star Destro, um, and uh, Vlavic again continues his good uh, his great season and makes it one one. Uh, uh, yeah, go ahead. Also, go take a look at the uh, the the Ribery Red Yeah, Frank. Yeah, that was a pretty, pretty decent heavy challenge. <laughs> uh, Ri went studs up on, uh, I think it was Castrovilli, and, uh, and he got got a straight red as well. He went studs Ribery, up on yeah. Castrovilli. Yeah, <laughs> on his no, it was, uh, yeah, Who was it? It was up across there. Is that is that? He's on Castrovilli. Oh, excuse me. Yeah, my, <laughs> yeah, my, my, my mistake. My mistake. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, he could have studs up on but you know yeah. what I meant. Yeah. It looked, when I he, watched the highlights, yeah. they actually uh, they mentioned for Destro that's his fourth Serie A team where he scored ten goals. Yeah, that's impressive. Yeah, yeah. considering that like he has been done, he has done fuck all for the past like what five years <laughs> after before this there's, season. There's no yeah. slander on Destro's name on this podcast, so we'll move on. 
so so let's continue on here. Benevento tie Parma two two. Um, Glick scores the opener, and then uh, again it's it's uh, uh, a balanced game ends two two. Um, Benevento actually took the lead around the sixty seven mark, and then again late in the game, Parma tie it. Uh, a nice goal too, Dennis Man. Yeah, nice goal. Yeah, I would I would say too quickly just like those are games Benevento need to buckle down and come away with the three points. They they they, they had kind of in their hands and it just kind of slipped through. I mean, credit to Parma for coming pushing back. through to, to come back with the draw. Yeah. But if you're Benevento and Inzaghi, you're, you're disappointed that you didn't come away with three points. Yeah. I'd agree with that. I would, the only caveat I'd say is again, at least you're not dropping points, uh, the whole points, you know, at least you're, you're, you're securing, it's a balanced, uh, points either way. Right. Cause again, Parma, yes. if Parma comes, a comes through last couple games and, you know, ends up catching you 10 points above you because you, you know, gave up three points to them, then it's a, a lot bigger, more of a problem, right? But Agreed. Yeah. yeah. But put it this way, they're only 10 points away from, uh, Benevento, that is, 10 points away from, from safety. That's it. Uh, actually, less, yeah. I think. Uh, less because Calgary are at 22? 22 points, yeah. Sure, but um, what I'm talking about is they need 10 points, like the, the 40, 40 oh, point got mark it. is what you need got for, it, got it. for safety. Yeah, yeah. fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, let's keep going here. Uh, Sassuolo and Roma. What happened in that game? All right, so uh, this game ended up 2-2. It was a very uh, entertaining game. Uh, Raspadori had an early chance uh, where he hit the post. Uh, so Marlon, uh, uh, yeah, Marlon, uh, fouled uh, Caris Perez in the box, and he wasn't even close to getting the ball. Pellegrini converted the ensuing uh P, uh, PK. Uh, Raspadori had his second chance of the game uh, from the six-yard box, but he was pushed. Uh, his chance was pushed aside by Paul Lopez. On the swing corner, Raspadori crossed it in for Jurich, who, who flicked it on for uh, Traore, who chested it in. Uh, Roma regained the lead when Spinazzola took took on Traore on the wing uh, and beat him one on one, who and then crossed it in for Perez, who slaughtered him to make it two one. Raspadori finally got his goal after finishing his chance from the six-yard box. Uh, so, um, a, a positive note, like a, it's a feel-good moment actually. So, Raspadori was actually captain for this game uh, because of uh, because Berardi was, well, Berardi and the other Italian players were uh, sent home because of COVID concerns, and it was a great gesture from Deserbi, who uh, you know rewarded uh, this youth player who was captain uh, during his. Uh, for Sassuolo during his youth career uh, with the captain's armband for this game. Uh, and just, uh, you know, um, and also another point, it was his second goal of the week after scoring for the Italy 21s. I feel like, I mean, good for him. And I, I don't know if I, I don't want to make a big deal about who wears the armband because it really doesn't mean too much. But like Concili's there. He's a, an experienced Serie A player. Judicic has been there for a few seasons. Uh, I mean, I know there aren't too many options, but Bolga's been there for three seasons now, I think. So I don't know how that comes across. And unless Desenby went to the you know the group before and said, "Look, like he's a youth squad player, I'm going to give him the armband." Um, but yeah, I feel like at us. other clubs that could be an issue, or depending on the type of players you have. But maybe that's just the the culture Sassuolo has, and it's not an issue, and good for them if that's the case. So th- that's exactly what happened. So uh, from what I heard. Um, watching uh, Domenica Sportiva is that um, 
Desiree went spoke to the club cap, which is Manganelli, yeah. and discussed it with him about giving Respirador the, the captain's armband for this for this game. Okay, I, I figured, yeah. yeah, it must have been discussed. Yeah. It wasn't just a, a surprise. Yeah. Okay. Good for him. Quite. Quite. Uh, okay, let's uh, keep it moving here. We went to uh, Lazio Spezia next. Yes. Yeah, so. Um... Kind of a the game ended in fireworks, um, but kind of got off to a bit of a slow start. Uh, Lots of the openness scoring in the 56th minute. Um, Spezia was able to get one back actually through Daniele Verde, which is our goal of the week. Hell, it might even be our goal of the year. <laughs> yes, here we are the goal of the week year. <laughs> Uh, Jazzy with a cross to the far post, the overhead kick, it's a wonderful goal, an unbelievable goal, equaliser, Verde, who's just come on, Verde has scored possibly the goal of the season, that is absolutely stunning, as good an overhead kick as you will ever see. Chris, what kind of goal was it? Bicicleta. Bicicleta. <laughs> a very nice um, one. So, yeah. It was, <laughs> yeah. Jazzy crossed it and it went barred down. Um, very nice goal. Definitely go check it out. It's probably a little bit special for Verde as well because he did come through Roma's youth <laughs> system. So, Great. I'm sure it was yeah. a big goal to score against Lazio. Um, however, 89th minute, um, Lazio will get a corner, swing it in. Ball deflects. I'm not sure whose arm it hits. Um, Marquizia. But the defender. Yeah, he was kind of like bent over. Elbows were out. Um, ball did hit his elbow. They went to VAR and they ruled it a penalty. Um, Caicedo then converted said penalty. Now, Paulo, I know you didn't really think it was a penalty. No. Uh, again, uh, again, I was watching the Domenico Sportiva and, and they had a former ref on and he was saying that you know, it it wasn't a penalty in the sense that Marquita wasn't looking at the ball. You know, he had no idea where the ball was. And again, he jumped in the air. And as he was jumping, his arm touched the ball. So it's not really, he had no idea where the ball was. It wasn't intentional. So I still don't understand how VAR ruled that was a handball. I mean, it, it and also there's another uh, a penalty shout, let's say. Uh, for for Spezia as a, a Cherby uh, slid and is one of those one of those chances uh, one of those uh, plays where your arm is on the ground and the ball hits your arm while it's on the ground. So those we all know that aren't penalty aren't 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 isn't a penalty, but it should be the same for for Marquita's play. If you go take a look at the at the chance, he's he's looking forward. The ball comes over his head and as he's I guess jumping down, coming down, his ball, uh, the ball hits his arm. To me, that's not a penalty. It's not intentional. Yeah, I think the rule though is, if you're basically on the ground and whichever arm you're using to balance yourself or kind of, yeah, to balance yourself, if the ball hits that arm, it's not called. But he's not on the ground. I don't think when the ball hits him, right? So, uh, I agree. It's it's difficult because he's not really looking at it, and it's not intentional. I agree, but with the way the rule is written, 
they had to call it. But again, like I said, at the same time, I think it's harsh and it makes it very difficult for players to defend situations like that when the rule is written that way. Uh, it, go- it goes to show, like, uh, I mean, the fact that they lifted the embargo on refs, you know, appearing on, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Sunday night television in in Italy to discuss uh, what happened. Uh, I mean, that's a step in the right direction. But the next step is to to allow um, games to broadcast VAR communications from the 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 video assistant referee to the on field referee, and that you know, if we knew what they were discussing, we can you know agree or disagree whether whether or not that um, that they came to the right decision. Yeah, I mean, that really, it's not like it's. Uh... <laughs> it, they still have a job to do and they're the ones who are enforcing, you know, those rules, et cetera. Right. Like, it's not like they're going to say, Hey, here, listen to this audio. Let's let Italy decide if this is a foul or not, you know, like <laughs> it, they still have to make that choice. So, I mean, as long as you, basically what you're saying is you just want to hear, you want fodder to complain about, is that correct? No, it, it's <laughs> no, it's, it's also so weak. We fans can understand saying what was their rationale. Yeah. So if they had, for example, um, for if, if for example, say that while uh, his arm was was flared out, right? His arm his arm was flared out, and he uh, he had no no control over his arm. Then, but so they gave the penalty regardless. You know what I mean? Like we don't know how they came to that decision. Yeah. Like we we have to go into their mind and guess what it is. If we if we knew what it was, well, we can say did they correctly apply uh, the rule uh, in this case. We don't know. Yeah, and and I guess we should have access to their emails as well, then, right? <laughs> what, what, what does that have to do with? Like, I mean, it's the same thing. It, like, are you asking what about Benghazi? Like, well, I don't understand. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> okay. Um, anyways, yeah. So they converted the penalty. Uh, they go up two to one, and then just kind of oh, shit kind of hit the fan towards the end of the game. Um, Agudelo went into a very hard challenge on uh, Lazuri. He kind of one of those where he got the ball and got the man. Really just kind of drew, like, drove right through him. Um, Lazuri then got up and gave Agudelo a nice headbutt. So he'll probably be suspended for three games. And then um, 94th minute or so, Correa went sliding in late on Agume and got his second yellow. So both Correa and Lazuri are suspended for Verona next week. I mean... I, I I don't understand the Carrera second like sliding from behind at like in the, like the you said it was the ninety fourth but I think it was the ninety seventh and legit the game was done. Yeah, and, yeah, and, it was just I think he was tired legs just late yeah. trying to he lost the ball so I think he was just trying to. But but regardless, like regardless if he, if he lost yeah. the ball, like the game was done. Yeah, it's a stupid it's a stupid. Play, yeah, I know, 100%. especially. Yeah. Yeah. It was all the way basically in exactly, Spencer's yeah, in corner. Exactly. But let's say tired legs, like Julian said, and it's like it's you, you got a tired brain at that point too, right? Like the game is almost yeah. done. You've you know you're you're not thinking straight. But like from for the like, and also Aguadello got a second yellow too, right? Uh, he got sent off as well. Uh, no, I don't think so. Uh, no, I thought he yeah. only had the one yellow. So yeah. so he got the yellow for the initial challenge, and that was it, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we all know that. You you can't you can't react to that. I mean, mm-hmm. it was it was a pure pure bait from from Agudelo and uh, and and Lazuri, uh bit it. So yeah, especially with the headbutt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. 
That's it. Yeah. Um, so with the win now, actually, uh, Lazio leapfrog Roma in the sixth. Um, and they still have one game to play. I think they're 28 games played um, and sitting on 52 points. So they're kind of sneaking into the top top yeah. four race. Hey, again, if they deserve it, right? That's uh, all power to them. Uh, okay, let's uh, keep it rolling here. Um, I can't believe we had a Benghazi reference uh, <laughs> during that, but let's uh, continue here. Well, I, I mean, you're, you're talking about whataboutism. Like, Michael's just like... Uh... <laughs> so are you. So are you. Yeah. Let's continue. Atalanta win uh, over Udinese. Muriel with a brace. Um, they, uh, they take it 3-2. Uh, Cagliari lose 2-0 to Verona. Uh, Barak and Lasagna on the scoreboard there. Uh, and then we had uh, a, a fun, uh, maybe if you're not, if you're a Juventus fan, maybe not fun for you if you're um, wallowing in your own, uh, I guess, pity at this point. But 2 uh, 2 draw, it was a good derby. Uh, Kiza had a great game, as always, it seems like now. Uh, inspirational, obviously, he scores the first goal, he had a couple of chances as well. But Sanabria clearly was the man of the match. Had a brace, had a uh, great. Uh, he he followed up on a, on a nice shot and, and kind of went in there and just powered home a header to make it one one. Um, he scores a uh, a kind of a weak goal, honestly, in the beginning of the second half. Uh, he just kind of runs in there and takes a shot short side on Chesney, who almost just I guess doesn't. Th- doesn't realize where his post is perhaps I'm not sure, but he almost just kind of lets the ball hit him and then go right behind him in the net uh, to make it two one. And then it, if it wasn't for a Cristiano Ronaldo uh, barely onside, but it was onside goal uh, to make it two, two, you would have lost this game. Uh, they had some chances, but again, it's, it's kind of been a uh, story for the last couple of weeks. They're just kind of, uh, coasting now, since there's not much left to do in the season, they're just trying to finish it, it seems like, and and a 2-2 draw uh, away at Torino is kind of what uh, what makes sense in this uh, this one. So the the second goal from Sanabria was, uh, was essentially created by a poor pass from Kulisevsky. Uh I guess, so we had two poor passes. Um I don't know which one was worse, Theo Hernandez or Kulisewski. I mean, we can decide right here which one was worse. Yes. I mean, they both led to goals, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, so, I mean, to, to me, like, uh, I think the, the Theo Hernandez one was worse because, like, it was a, a shorter pass that was picked off by, by Quagarella, who, like, you know, shipped it from... Yeah, right to him. Um, yeah, exactly. So, uh, this one, at least, like, you know, Delict could have covered, but Sanabria beat him for pace. Mm-hmm. And it, I find it hilarious that last week we talked about, you know, Donnarumma and how, you know, Juventus may need oh, a new goalkeeper. Oh, God, I was going to say the same thing, Paul. Like, this is yeah. this is almost <laughs> like just reason enough to pay, pay overpay a man to if he's going to give yeah. you some quality starts and just quality goaltending. Like, this was just exhibit A. Um, yeah, and, and, both goals were at 100%, 100%. And it's not like, I mean, he does, truthfully, he had a, good game in other aspects but just the fact that he led in two howlers just you know kind of seals it like it's it's not that's kind of what he is you know there there's going to be some times where he'll make some great saves like near the end of the game Trino had a, mm-hmm. a very yeah. close free kick that uh was yeah obviously if you if it wasn't for Sushesny there like he would have it would have been 
you know, three, two Torino at that point. Uh, but it's again, if you can have someone, you need to shore up all of these defensive uh, areas for yourself, obviously in uh, get, get a good midfielder. And from there again, obviously again, someone like Gijo would transform a little bit your, uh, your, your back end, I think, which would be, Hey, Chris, what do you think? Do you think that's a, a viable option in the back end? Do you think Gijo is, is worthy of Juventus? Gijo? Uh, no, of course not. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I meant Antonio. <laughs> Antonio, even him, I don't know. Uh, what I do want to bring up, though, is that horrendous tackle from Quadrado. Like, if he was given a red there, I, I don't know how you can complain otherwise. Like, he... Full on sprint. He both feet were in the air and both studs were showing. And the commentator for the the game, uh, the channel I was watching, said it right, which is that um, I think it was Sanabria. If Sanabria didn't have the hops he did, Quadrado would have got a lot more ankle bone or oh, knee yeah. tap. Oh, but Sanabria sure. got up there. So I wonder if that's a case where because Quadrado didn't make so much contact, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. ref didn't give him a red, but for me, it's, it's the intent. The intent was there by him leaving his feet. So um, I'm pretty sure Quadrado got a yellow, which at the bare minimum, the ref has to give, but I, I thought a red could have been given on that tackle. Uh, What was it again? I was watching again. I was watching the Domenico Sportiva again, and they, they called it an orange. You know what I mean? Where (laughs) it it was on, it was on the cusp of being a red. Uh, and yeah. I will say too that like this is uh, not the first time that he's done that. Like that, these are like almost yeah, regular didn't occurrences. He, didn't he it, do that against Fiorentina? And I'm sure he did it. Yeah, I think he did actually. Yeah. That's fucking yeah. clown. <laughs> and I'm sure it's happened uh, definitely in the Champions League a couple times as well, where he's you know, or one of them has made some boneheaded moves like that. Like it's it, it's almost uh, just it's incredible sometimes how how stupid uh, these players manage the game, but. It's uh, and, hey, and, when you're playing for Juventus, uh, you make bonehead moves. It sounds like. And have you noticed that there? I mean, for for the, the two plays where he easily cut a red, uh, he didn't get a red card in, in, against Torino, but against Fiorentina and Torino, which you know are you don't uh, need Torino. You don't is, need to make those plays. Their, <laughs> exactly, the Torino is their local rival, and Fiorentina is their historical historical rival. I mean, so you're 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 he's getting too caught up in the the moments of the game and the emotions of the game and and that's a problem with with Quadrado and uh, it also comes down from the fact that you have an inexperienced uh, manager who cannot uh, manage uh, emotions of a game emotions exactly yeah. yeah and I mean look at them. they they beat Inter I mean thank God uh, they lost <laughs> against against uh, Fiorentina. They tied against Torino. I mean, these are. I mean, you, you can't be dropping points against Torino and Fiorentina. Yeah. They beat Inter in the cup, not in the league. <laughs> there you go. Even <laughs> even better. Even better. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. it's uh, again just to kind of recap. There, it's not. Uh, it, it's it's just more of the same for them this year so far. So it's nothing surprising. It's. Uh, it's unfortunate, but it, I mean, if you, again, if you're 
a UEFA fan, if you just enjoy watching two teams battle it out again, it was, it was a decent affair in terms of, it was a very balanced game. Like it's, it was nice to see Torino have a little fight. Um, and again, it's, it's, you know, derbies are always exciting. So it's good that they, they were able to make it entertaining. Uh, okay. Moving on. Uh, the last game of the weekend was Bologna inter, uh, and uh, Julian, what just quickly what, what was uh, happening with that one? Um, so Lukaku opened the scoring in thirty first minute. Um, fantastic, fantastic cross from Bastoni. Um, Rivalia actually made a very nice save on the initial header, uh, but it bounced off the post right to Lukaku's feet, who topped it in. Um, and then honestly, Inter didn't play the greatest game after that. Um, I know for sure Soriano had a good chance to score at the end of the half. And then um, in the second half, Svonberg, as soon as he came on, had a nice chance to score, but skied, skied the ball. Um, and yeah, Inter managed to hand for the 1-0 win. Um, however, on one of the last plays of the game, um, Brozovic kind of gave the ball away on a cheap free kick. He fouled his man who passed the ball before Brozovic fouled him, and then Bastoni fouled that guy. And they're both now suspended for Sassuolo. Great. So, yeah. I mean, uh, I also credit to <laughs> Bologna, who, you know, put up, uh, as Julian said, put up a fight. Uh, I know Malovic, after the game, said they were just missing the goal. And, you know, that there probably wouldn't have been any, any complaints if Bologna managed to tie the game. No, not at all. They definitely, they probably deserved a draw. Mm-hmm. Um, but just, yeah, as you said, couldn't find that goal. Yeah. Plus, we'll we'll get into you know uh, implications for the Sussuol game later on in the ep- in the episode. That's right, the implications. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. Well, again, that wraps up the uh, the week that was, uh, or the Saturday that was. Next up again is uh, week thirty, right? Thirty. Yeah, we're already wow. That's uh, that's great. We're listen. We're we're well on the way to finishing this horrid season. <laughs> Right, Julian? Hey, whatever you want to call it. And call it horrid, I will. (laughs) Well, uh, also, uh, don't forget that there's two games on Wednesday, April 7th. Yeah, yes. Yes. Right, right, right. So as as Julian said, uh, Interplace of Swallow and the big match, Juventus-Napoli. Quite. Uh, Well, again, we'll... we'll, uh, I guess we'll cue a little bit of that uh, later on, but... uh, Quite big because if Napoli get a win, then Juventus drop out of Gee, their. What a great day that'll be! <laughs> yes. Uh, well, exactly. Well, let's see. If that's, <laughs> I guess you're right because then they're they're currently it's that's the makeup game, right? And they're tied for points right yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. So it's. Uh, but am I actually? You know what? Fair points because I was going to say, am I confident that Napoli won't blow another game? But so will Juve. So you're right. It's uh, it's. Exactly. Anything can happen. Exactly. Anything can happen. The last, what is it now? Eight games left. Dang. Yeah. Nine. Nine. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Well, uh, again, that wraps it up. We have uh, still Capo is uh, Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, the the top team remains. Inter Milan are in second still. Uh, Atlanta jump uh, into third place. With their win, uh, UEFA fall to fourth. 
Napoli fifth, and as Julian said, Lazio into sixth, kicking Roma out of um, the top six there into seventh. Uh, and again, the bottom the bottom of the table kind of remains the same. Crotone in uh, 20th, Parma uh, second last, even though they gained a, pay, a point on Cagliari, but Cagliari are uh, two points ahead of them. They're still in 18th um, with a two-point, uh, I guess, cushion between uh, them and Torino. So Torino, that, uh, at least that draw, gives them a little bit of a little bit more of a uh, security, but again, we're not we're not far off from them dropping down into there as well. And and Torino have a game in hand uh, against Lazio. Uh, yes, you're right. Yeah, currently they they yeah. have played one less game, and that's against Lazio. Correct. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, with that again, let, why don't we take a quick break here, uh, and then when we come back, we'll have a little bit more discussion. We obviously have uh, the Who Am I still to uh, to come. Uh, along with with some more a uh, witty banter, maybe Till and Paulo a little bit more. Maybe we'll get that fourth tire uh, pump to follow. <laughs> uh, we'll see, but it's it's all to be heard uh, in the next half of uh, Rete This Way. So we'll be right back. Sì, lui è uno stadio, lo vo, ma la raggi, 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 detto no. Sì, lui è uno stadio, lo vo, ma la raggi, 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 detto no. There we go, Paolo. Bravo, bravo. <laughs> Now we need to explain, explain to the listeners. Look. Yeah, <laughs> because <laughs> no one understands. Some people it. will think they're being tortured. <laughs> yeah, they say, what's happening here? Uh, okay, well, uh, so our Who Am I uh, winner, uh, Nima, asked us to if I could sing uh, one part of Solano, which is by Violi Pera, uh, a Romer Twitter cult legend uh, who writes parodies for uh, based off of Roma. Interesting. Yes. And that's and you, and you chose that. How would you rate your performance? Nima, We're going to sell. N- no, yeah. Nima chose it. How, Nima chose Paul, it. how would you rate your performance? Uh, listen, uh, it's not up to me, right? Uh, you know, it's, it, uh, I, I think, I think the listeners should, should, uh, should oh, be the ones. To I don't know if you, I don't know if you want that. Yeah. All right. Well, no, <laughs> no, let's give it to them. So why don't we, uh, listeners, why don't you text Paulo at six, one, three. Actually, that's not even close. Don't you have a Saskatchewan? Saskatchewan. 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 Yeah, sure. Whatever you say, Michael. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. Well, let's uh, let's not waste any more of our listeners' times, and let's get into uh, the next segment of the show, which, of course, uh, was that great lead-in. Uh, we're going to do "Who Am I? I Don't Know." Who am I? I don't know. Who am I? I don't know. Chris, take it away. All right. So. I will recap quickly um, the one that Nima got right. Um, so hint number one, last week, 
Uh, this player played for four Serie A teams. Hint number two, his first Serie A goal was against his parent club. And hint number three, this player has played with uh, Saponara and Krunic. And the answer was Federico Di Marco from Verona. Marco. And of course, if you listened uh, to the entirety of our podcast <laughs> last week, you heard Chris uh, say his name. But technically, honestly, I was listening to it over again. Like, we just said it and you just kind of, you know. I tried were to like, play oh, it no, off. I just, that's it. You said, who was his last movie? Yeah. <laughs> no, you said to Marco. <laughs> tried to throw uh, people off. His... Yeah. Uh, and it, it, hey, maybe it worked. Maybe, maybe it did. Um. Okay, yeah, so great job, of course. Uh, as always, uh, Nima always seems to get it right away because uh, he's clearly very good at this. I mean, I kind of figured an Inter fan would get this one because he did score his Golazzo with Parma against Inter. Right. And the other, he's only played about 20 minutes with Inter, but that's technically the fourth team. Right. Well, yeah. Great. Well, why don't we get into the next one? Yeah, so this week, so hint number one, of all the top five leagues in Europe, Serie A is the only league this player has played in, and he's been in Serie A for nine seasons. Hint number two, he spent two seasons at Udinese, making less than 30 appearances combined between those two seasons. And then hint number three, he's made more than 150 appearances for his current club including some appearances in the UEFA Champions League and the UEFA Europa League. Um, so, yeah, again, reminder, uh, first person to get it right will get to ask us a question slash ask Paulo to sing a canzone. Um, I don't know if we'll get any more requests for that after they hear his performance, but <laughs> it's, uh, it's an option. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think uh, I can think of a couple songs I'd like Paula to sing. I think uh, we can we can probably make a, a curate a list at least, and we'll even if it ends up being that I somehow figure it out first uh, because I ask you and I post it, then uh, we can we can just get Paula to sing whatever we want, right? So let's uh, maybe offline the three of us will will talk without Paulo and make sure we get the best song, maybe like a Britney Spears song, something fun. No. No, no. <laughs> just me. <laughs> I, th- I think that's just you, Michael. Okay. Damn. I almost had him eating dog food. <laughs> uh, okay. Why don't we? Uh, so again, Nima, of course, is the winner. And uh, aside from this uh, great song that we had Paulo sing, uh, he also asked us the question. So, Paulo, what was that question? Should Juventus rehire Antonio Conte? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, that is a good question. I just don't know. Why don't we start with, uh, let's start with Julian, then we'll Chris, then Paulo, then I'll finish. Um, so, I mean, when he's available, I'd say yes, because the rumors that were coming out today were that he's going to resign and possibly extend with Inter. Um, but if, I mean, if that doesn't happen and if he is available this summer, I think absolutely. Um, I think Juve, it's been proven this season. Like, there's been so many just kind of individual errors. Just so, they're not their typical selves, you know what I mean? Normally, they're composed. They're just kind of a force. They don't screw up in games. They go out, they play their games. Sometimes they don't deserve to win, but they get the win. 
Um, and I think they've kind of lost their way a little bit this year. Um, but I think he would kind of bring that stability that they need. Right. Do you think that, again, that's, that's what the manager does specifically in terms of, uh, I guess, their importance on the squad, right? Like, do, do you think that's what they bring? They bring that stability to make sure that, again, even if you're not supposed to be winning games, you're still finding ways to scrap them out? Or is that a combination of, like, players' ability as well there? Um, personally, I think the manager plays a more underrated role in that than we think. And I think enter this season as a prime example of it because they, I mean, they haven't really changed their squad too much compared to last season or even the season before. And they're winning those games this year that they honestly shouldn't really be winning. So I think that kind of shows that, that having that manager who kind of brings that consistency, brings that kind of never say die attitude. Mm-hmm. Um, it does go a long way. Yeah. Chris, what do you think? Yeah, so I guess we're assuming uh, that there's no re-signing. Or yeah, like we're assuming like Conte is available yeah. to be signed. Um, yeah, it's tricky. Like, I, I don't know what the statistics are on managers, you know, at the highest levels going back to a club and if they find similar success, um, any success at all. Um, I think if you're Juve, you maybe want to find somebody who's going to be a long-term solution. I feel like Conte is kind of the new Mourinho where he goes somewhere, he spends two seasons, maybe three if they're lucky, um, and then moves on. Now, of course, you're hoping in those two or three seasons he provides a trophy, which is probably really all Juve would want from him. But yeah, I don't know. I think Conte's maybe a bit of a Band-Aid solution. Um, but, you know, given you know the poor season Juve's having right now, they may be... What he needs is just kind of that kick in the ass to get them going for two seasons and they move on. Um, I think I would prefer more of a long-term solution, somebody not as <laughs> radical, but the, you know, the proof is, is in, the, in the results there and he, he gets results. And so, yeah, my answer would be no, only because I think there needs to be a long-term solution, but it, it's also hard to argue against it when you know he's going to come in and turn things around for the better. So before we move to Paulo, who would you then, I mean, again, just because you're saying, uh, barring some news of, you know, potentially him staying at mm-hmm. Inter, there's also, again, potentially, there, there are rumors out there that uh, this the game this week will determine whether or not Pirlo stays, yeah. right? Uh, which obviously would really dictate whether or not they are in, in the hunt for someone to replace him, right? But if that's the case, if Pirlo is is ousted and, you know, you don't think it's uh, Antonio Conte, who do you think that, that manager is? That That's a good question. And I think, oh boy. Um, I mean, I think Desirbi is that mid-table manager that's ready to take a step up. I don't know if Juve is that step up. Um, I think he'd be a good fit there. I think he'd be a good fit for a lot of the top four or five clubs in Italy. Um, I would have said Pochettino if he didn't sign with PSG. Obviously, that's uh, no longer an option. Um, yeah, I don't have a good answer for you right now, Mike. So um, you guys take your time responding, and I'm going to look into that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes, fair enough. Okay. Uh, Paulo, what do you think? Okay, so uh, I'm going to start off by saying no, uh, that they should not rehire Antonio Conte. Uh I have uh, multiple reasons. Uh, the way he left the first time uh, was on bad terms. Uh, I know 
I know he just quit abruptly uh, in July before they hired uh, Max Allegri. Also, when uh, this season, when they beat Inter uh, in the Coppa Italia, um, Agnelli told Conte to fuck off. <laughs> so I, I guess they're still on uh, bad speaking terms. Uh, second reason is um, so you're talking about uh, who should replace Pirlo or like who who if Pirlo does get sacked, uh, who should come in? Uh, I still think. Uh, Sari would be the most cost-effective solution and also the best solution uh, considering that Juventus had pretty much the same team other, and in my opinion, actually improved their uh, attacking options with Chiesa and Kuliseski. It was pretty much the same season, uh, same team from last season. Uh, so, I mean, Sari actually won the Scudetto with pretty much the same same squad. By a point, uh, by, by a, one well, listen, point. Well, li- listen, listen. They they confirmed the title with three or four games to go. Yeah, fair. So they, you know, it was, j- and also I think by that point, Juventus had to play Lyon as well, right? I can't remember mm-hmm. how exactly the work it worked out, but they actually had to rest some of the players for that game as well, which they of course lost. Um, and and then as Julian mentioned, it's most likely that Conte will will stay at Inter. Uh, and which you know, making twelve million euros a season, which wouldn't be a bad idea, in my opinion. Yeah, um, I agree with that. I, I don't think Conte would be the solution in this case. Uh, and honestly, I do see the fit for Conte at Inter. I think I like that. I think that's like a good. Clearly, if this you know it's it's working out so far, um, but I think that he he's going to be the right person to carry them at least for the next couple of years, I think, to make sure that they can secure themselves in a similar position that Juve did, you know, 10 years ago with him. Um, I think he, he's in the spot that he needs to be right now, too. I would say if there's someone to bring back, yeah, I, I don't hate that sorry idea, honestly, but I think, like, if we're talking about bringing someone back that was already here, I would probably even say Allegri was the guy that, like, again, had... I mean, he had mo- more success. Uh, he he for sure would have uh, a different dynamic, I think, than Pirlo obviously has here. And, and I think that if they're looking at having someone with a little bit of a pedigree, I think he has that more so than Sarri does. And again, they obviously, they wanted to change because they wanted, you know, a little bit of a shakeup based on, you know, not finishing the job basically. Uh, but that's when you need to bring in a ringer. And I don't think Sarri was that ringer, right? I think that Allegri at least will bring you back, hopefully to a consistent level that you are. He already knows what it takes to be that level uh, with type of players that you have. But if you do that, you also have to make sure that you're building the squad that he wants to. And we got to remember that he didn't want Dybala. He didn't want all these people, right? Is that right, Paulo? Yeah. He tried, he was trying to sell Dybala when he was still there. Yes. So, I mean, again, you got to take all that stuff into consideration. I think that if, uh, yeah, at the end of the day, I'm not sure what's going to happen, obviously. I would be okay if uh, Pirlo was given a little bit of a longer leash, personally, because I think it's, again, it's, it's already over, obviously, this year. But I'm not, uh, I'm not sold on the fact that he is uh, incompetent as a manager. I think he can still pull it together. He just needs a little bit more support around him. And again, 
as always, as we've said in multiple episodes in the past, it's not his fault that the team was built the way that it's built. If they build a better squad, they find the proper insulating players uh, that can play in a system that he's bringing, then I think that he can be successful. Uh, but again, I'm not sure that Conte is the one who can translate that success for them. All right. So, Michael, to your point, uh, you were talking about Allegri. So he actually um, was watching the derby with Agnelli. There you go. There you go. So make 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 of that what you will. I will make all of it. He's gonna coach He's, Torino, he... is what you're saying. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> uh, sure. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how you introduce that. So anyway, uh, <laughs> Mike. Okay. So like, I, I saw the reports uh, today about um, Pirlo's future. So mm-hmm. would they sack him like right after the Napoli game if they lose? And at that point, you know, who do you bring at this point? Like, do you put in Igor Turor? I mean, and like, that's it. Yeah, yeah. There's, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense again, especially with, but unless you're trying to send a message in terms of, oh, wait, we think the team is there and they need to be better and blah 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 blah, right? Like, it's. I just don't think that that's the position that they're in. Like, they they clearly have some more structural issues that they need to take care of. Uh, and yeah, that's that's all I'll say. So again, again, um, you know, I talked I talked about Sari. Uh, Sari would not come back at this point, even if like you know he was he was forced. He would probably rescind his contract at that point. So again, there's no viable option to bring in now. Uh, so you you would be forced to keep him until the end of the season. I mean, uh, the only, the only reason why you would fire him is to get that reaction that. Uh, Chris always mentions about the the balance after firing a manager. Usually, you win, uh, you know, have a positive record for five games on the trot. Uh, at the, at this point, could it save their season? Uh, it depends. Of course, depends on the result, uh, which we'll get into later against Napoli. Yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah, uh, there there was one more point I wanted to make, but I think again that's uh, that's probably a good place to leave it. Why don't we just if if everyone else is done, I think we can probably call it a call it a convo and be done with it. Fair. <laughs> Otherwise, again, we can talk about this thing for hours. I'm sure we can probably dedicate a whole episode to it. Yeah, probably. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, good chat, boys. Um, did we already, uh, Chris, did you, you put out the new clues? I did. I put out the new so clues wanna, for the listeners. Yeah. 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 Do, do you want to give a, just a, a quick recap before we go to break and then we'll go to break and, and start with the, uh, we'll do a little, a little more. After yeah, the break absolutely. There. So uh recap of the hints for this week uh, for who am I? So hints one of all of the top five leagues in Europe, Serie A is the only league this player has played in. And that's a total of nine seasons. Uh, hint number two, he spent two seasons at Udinese, making a combined um, less than 30 appearances over those two seasons at Udinese. And then hint number three, this player's made more than 150 appearances for his current club. And some of those appearances were in both the UEFA Champions League and the UEFA Europa League. There you go. Uh, okay, great. Uh, so... Again, with that, why don't we take a quick break? Uh, when we come back, we'll we'll have a little bit more of a recap and perhaps a preview of the week to come, uh, and then we'll play our own. Who am I? I don't know. Does that that sound great? I'm in. 
Sounds good. All right. Uh, we'll be right back. Paulo, did you just say Pirlandia? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it's uh, Pirlandia and we're all living in it? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, welcome back to the podcast. If you aren't following us on the Twitter, uh, please make sure you're following us at uh, Reti This Way and on Instagram at RTW Calcio. Uh, we may have some fun things lined up in the near future, so I'm not sure if... Uh, yeah, Paula, we won't we won't say anything, but just let that's all we'll say. Okay, yes. is that okay? Yeah, that's okay. Okay, yeah, fair. Uh, okay, let's uh, get into the final a uh, little bit of our show here. So uh, let's quickly let's recap um, the Italy national team games that went on. Uh, so the last game that we didn't do was what? It was Lithuania. Yes, Italy, Lithuania, or Lithuania, Italy, because it was they, Italy played away in Vilnius. Uh, Italy came away with a 2 nothing win there. Uh, since he scored two minutes after coming on as a substitute. Uh, all, this is all in the second half. Immobile, uh, Immobile missed a sitter when he, as he put his header wide from the six-yard box. Uh, Lithuania had a chance of their own, but it was stopped by Donnarumma. So Italy ended up getting a, a, a PK at the end of the game. Uh, Chiesa was challenged in the box, but the ref uh, played on. Uh, and then Barella was fouled five seconds after that. Uh, Immobile uh, finished off that ensuing uh, PK. So at the end of the game, I noticed that uh, Immobile was shaking his head, most likely uh, because of the fact that he missed multiple chances uh, and did not add more to his uh, international goal tally. Uh, and then just um, just to cap off the whole international break and how, you know, kind of pointless it was to actually play it during the season uh there is a covid outbreak uh in the italy camp uh four physios uh Bonucci, Verratti, Grifo were all positive city go as well uh yeah city go as well well but didn't he play against uh he, he, he yeah played they against Juve, did he not yeah, yeah he did yeah there you go that's five players plus uh four physios so we got we're at nine so far yeah. yeah, Chris, you were asking why Sidigu was on the team. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> to be the bearer of COVID. That's it. <laughs> to to make sure that COVID got into the UVA squad somehow. <laughs> but didn't that already happen with Panucci? There you go. Uh, your theory is completely blown out of the water right there. But uh, so if we if we go go back to the game, we'll we'll, we'll go back to the game first. Um, I, I thought again, it was a routine two nothing win. Uh, of course, I found it obviously they were struggling more during this game again because it was the final game. The, there was a lot of rota- uh, the rotating of the squad, and uh, again, Immobile should have had multiple goals, not just that uh, that solitary PK. Uh, what, what I'll add too is this pitch. Um, I don't know if you guys noticed it, but it was an artificial pitch, so I don't know if it was 
all turf or one of those hybrid grass turf pitches. But I found at least in the first 60 minutes anyways, uh, the Italian players often just kind of taking that extra touch or taking that extra half second to make their decision to wait for the ball to settle. So in games where teams are sitting deep and, you know, forcing you into wide areas, that extra touch or that extra half second really does make all the difference in the world. So credit to Italy for pulling through because, you know, these players train on grass, you know, 99.9% of their professional career. So it does take some time to adjust and, um, yeah, anyways, that was just uh, one little thing I noticed from from that match. I'm not going to say that it's the, the turf necessarily, but uh, good thing Zaniolo wasn't playing because then he'd have another <laughs> couple uh, ACL tears. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, again, that caps off uh, three 2 nothing wins in a row. Is that right? That is correct, yeah. All, yeah, all three and, games were 2 nothing. Yeah, and Italy remains in these World Cup uh, qualifiers, they remain. I think they actually are at 100%. Yes. Yeah. That, yeah, yeah. So they've won every game mm-hmm. so far, um, which is obviously uh, great for them. So the next international break would be uh, around the end of May. And then I believe the uh, Euro 2020, per se, the Euro tournament, will start uh, in June, I believe. Good. So a little bit. And, and that's going to be good for them, I think, in terms of just getting, again, they're going to be getting together, obviously, and they'll have a little bit of pre-tournament games to kind of, you know, work through some things as well, right? Mm-hmm. It'll be a really good opportunity for Man- Mancini to kind of see uh, or solidify, rather, what he's what he's planning, I'm hoping, at least, for, for Euros. Yeah. Uh, I- I'm not sure when Zaniolo is ready to come back. Uh, perhaps uh, maybe mid-August, maybe by the end of August, uh, not screw April, by the end of April. Um, so hopefully he gets, I don't know, maybe three or four games before uh, the end of the season. Uh, and maybe that boosts his chances uh, to be included in the squad. Also, uh, there was a request by the Polish FA to expand the, the squad list to 25 players. So that uh, because of, of course, um, the five subs and the uh, COVID uh, issues. Yeah, so we'll see if that happens. Yeah. Uh, also, just just to kind of bookend it, uh, to go back to the uh, COVID outbreak, uh, I was trying to get on our uh, mutual friend who is actually a physiotherapist, and I was hoping that he would describe the conditions that he would work in and how would it be possible to, you know, bring in, uh, you know, and infect five players, perhaps more. Uh, actually, Krangio as well was tested positive. So that's 10. I just remember that as well. Tested positive today after playing uh, again, I think on the weekend as well. Um, so, yeah, so uh, so 10 total. And, and so how, how their work, how would, would they spread, uh, be such in close contact and, and you know, just pr- pretty much ravage the whole team? Quick, yeah. And how are you saying like how likely that would be? Like it's yes, it exactly. would be, yeah. Yeah. or how easy it could do that? Yeah, uh, yeah. Chris, quick, are you quick question. Say? Maybe if you each want to just give a, a quick answer because we probably want to move on. If Zaniolo does not play in any Serie A matches, but he's deemed healthy, you know, come end of season, just just say you know time wasn't on his side and he couldn't get a game in. Do you think 
Mancini picks him? Not what do you want him to do, but do you think he picks him if Zaniolo does not play any Serie A matches? That's a good question. I was actually thinking that literally five minutes ago. I think that's... Uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't think he will. And I don't think he... I Yeah, I mean, I don't think he should. That's just... I mean, he he's obviously a, a good player that can you know, be electric. And I think I've used electric for him every time I've spoken about him, but yeah, I just feel like if you, if you put him into big games like that right away, like it, does that not just risk a little bit like more for him? And I don't see the value in that. I think he needs to work his way. If he's like, if they tell me that he's in peak physical condition and that he's able to do it, he's going to be able to run 90 minutes or whatever the hell he does. I think about it, but I don't see that being the case if that's what is happening. Yeah, no, I agree. I don't think Mancini would take him. And honestly, in my opinion, I don't think it would be the smart move to take him either. Um, I'd even be surprised if Roma were to let him leave if that's really the case because they didn't even mm-hmm. want him to go on the one international trip when he did tear his ACL again. So I don't see it happening. Paulo? Um. I say yes, he would call him. I think there's precedent as well. Um, I don't know if you recall that when uh, Tutti... Don't... Okay, I was going to say, don't say, I don't know if you recall, <laughs> 1964 when... <laughs> okay, listeners, the reason why Michael said that is because I am a buff of... Uh, the dinosaur age. Cultural history, <laughs> yes. But, uh, as I was saying before Michael cut me off, that in two thousand before the 2006 World Cup, uh, Tutti broke his ankle uh, in a game against Empoli, and I don't. I believe he did not play the rest of the Serie A season, but because he was so fundamental to the squad, Marcello Lippi took him, uh, regardless of whether he was fully fit or not. And again, it did prove to be consequential. He did score that all important penalty against Australia. Yeah, but I, I mean, Zaniolo is not quite Tutti. Yes, but the the simulators are there, right? Uh, he's the type of like again, plays for Roma, uh, attacking threat, very skillful, uh, can change the game uh, um, on an inst- in an instant. Uh, to to me, uh, he could be uh, an alternative to uh, Insigne in terms of uh, as a as a playmaker. Imagine having Insigne, Zaniolo, Chiesa as your um, as your front three, and then maybe Immobile as as your as your um, as your striker. So I I agree, and I I like that idea. But again, I just don't know if if he hasn't had a chance to get some action in and and get game ready. Like I I understand being healthy is one thing, but again, being able to perform at that at that peak level, I don't know if you include him just again, because you risk, you risk a little bit more than just, um, I mean, even him, he risks more than just missing, you know, some games here or there after that. Like that's, that's his career we're talking about. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Paulo, I think it's just cause you don't want to be called up. <laughs> yes. The truth. Comes <laughs> yeah. But, but still, like, I, I think Daniel is that good that, you know, he would be useful on the squad, in my opinion. He's a great player, and there's, yeah, yeah there's no, I mean, I don't say there's no doubt. It's just, it's tough, because you wouldn't know 
like it's a second ACL tear. You don't know if he'll come back and be as dynamic as he was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It sucks to say it because he is young, but we've seen it happen with Giuseppe Rossi, for example, right? Exactly. He's somebody who is plagued by knee injuries. Chris? Yeah, I I think going back to, I, I know I just kind of threw the question at you guys um, off the cuff, but assuming he's healthy, which is kind of what I was going off in this case, and he just hasn't played games, I think what Mancini looks at is, you know, do you bring an unfit but healthy Zaniolo or a fit Grifo or Bernardeschi or El Sharawi who realistically won't see the field unless Italy's up by three or four goals and they're, they're just kind of garbage time there. So I think he would bring them as that 23rd guy. And, you know, if he looks decent in training and it's the 85th minute, you're playing like shit all game and you just need that moment of magic. He is that guy that's capable of it. Now, like Julian and Mike said, whether he's fit enough to bring that up is a different question altogether. But I, mm-hmm. I think Mancini would rather take his chances with an unfit, Zaniolo than uh, fully fit on steroids, Bernardeschi and El Sharawi. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I'll say too, again, if, if what Paul is saying uh, goes through, if they make it a 25-man uh, roster, like then that is a little bit more likely, right? Because you don't need to burn Good point. a spot on yeah. someone who might not play, right? Yeah. Yeah. So if that's the case, then yeah, there's no harm in it, right? Like you just need to make sure that you're putting him in like like you're saying in the right position where okay he's not playing full games but you need to make a difference you have a difference maker throw him on there yeah cool okay yeah that was it i was uh yeah okay. just off the cuff question but i thought it was worth uh, discussing yeah good discussion yeah i enjoyed that yeah good 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 <laughs> uh okay let's uh move on here and uh why don't we? And I, if it's just funny to have talked about that because we just did Serie A games that like after, that happened after that, but then we recapped the Italy game that happened on Wednesday. But now what we're going to do is talk about Serie A again that's happening on Wednesday. So let's get to that. We're, we're going to go over. I guess there's two games that are ha- that's happening up uh, this week, midweek. Correct. Uh, it's Inter Sassuolo and Juventus Napoli, both going to be at twelve forty-five. PM Eastern Standard Time. Two forty-five. No, no, it's, it's at 45. Yeah. yeah, interesting. Because okay, that I did not know. Because there's Champions League this week. Uh, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. And and none of these teams, uh, Juventus, <laughs> uh, Inter, uh, are in Champions League anymore. Yeah, yes. that's correct. <laughs> uh, Julian, you take great for Inter. You started us off. Um, okay, so yeah, this was the rescheduled game from before the international break. Um, now, as we previously mentioned, both Brozovic and Bastoni are suspended, so they will not be playing. Uh, the rumors I've seen are either one of Darmian or D'Ambrosio starting in the left center back role, or even Renalkia in the middle, um, and then Skriniar De Vrij on the outside. Um, and then for Brozovic, they're not quite sure. I've heard um, odds are you'll have Ericsson starting in that Regisa role and then um, either Gagliardini or Sensi starting. I'm hoping it'll be Sensi, but who knows? Conte seems to have a bit of a man crush on Gagliardini. <laughs> um, and then just from the Sassuolo point of view, I think they will be missing all three of Berardi, 
the Pharrell and Caputo. Yeah, so it's it's going to be an interesting match. I would, uh, again, at this point, Inter pretty much sealed it, so I don't know how much it's going to change what, uh, what the table's going to look like, but uh, it could have been. It had the potential, again, putting both these games, rescheduled games on the same day. It had the potential to be great, uh, but now Juve have ruined it because they suck. So, Paulo, why don't you talk about the <laughs> Juve-Napoli Well, I matchup. mean, I... I... I don't know if that's fair to no, say. No, it's fair. It's it's okay. fair and I've said it. All right. Then I'll say what I have to say. is So this is, in my opinion, uh, Inter's first uh, of their two challenging games in the next uh, three weeks. Uh, so, again, they play Sassuolo on Wednesday. Then after that, it's Cagliari on the weekend and then Napoli the following week. So um, I think if they do drop points against Sassuolo and Napoli, uh, maybe – Doubts start to creep back in, uh, but again, if they overcome Sassuolo, I think that's just one uh, one domino down and another ten more to go before uh, before they clinch it. But I, I don't know. Like uh, Julian, what do you think? Um, to be honest, I think they'll come away with the win. Still, um, I don't. Even if they don't, and they do drop points, as you say, against um, both Napoli and Sassuolo. They still need to drop quite a bit of points for Milan or Atlanta to catch up to them. Um, I mean, they've won now nine in a row in Serie A, so they are in quite good form. I don't know if I see it happening, to be honest. I think they've conceded three goals in their last 11 games. Like, they're they're playing quite well. All right, so on that note, uh, as Michael said, <laughs> um, Napoli-Juventus play as well. Uh, so as as we previously mentioned, uh, this game is worth a top four spot. Uh, I don't know. In my opinion, Juventus may have a, a very tiny advantage because they're more um, they're used they're more used to playing uh, midweek because uh, they were uh, they played in Europe for longer than uh, Napoli as well. They played the next round, um, and uh, but an advantage for Napoli is that Dybala is still out through injury. Um, so in, also in my opinion, if Juventus do come out with the victory, it will be because uh, Chiesa uh, pushed them over the finish line uh, because he has been their best player all season. Uh, just a bit of uh, Napoli uh, Napoli news or Napoli talk. Uh, again, Insigne has been uh, Napoli's best player, most consistent player as well all season, uh, and he's also scored three goals against uh, Juventus in, in his in his career and also coming off a good game against uh, Crotone scored and assisted uh, as well. Um, so as, as I said, Napoli won four straight games, uh, but they've been poor, a bit, a bit inconsistent defensively. They conceded three goals in two of the last five games against Crotone and Sassuolo. Great. Yeah. Uh, so, with that, let's uh, when we wrap it up here, and uh, do we want to give a quick preview of the of next week, Apollo? Yeah, what are sure. Some, some key yeah, what games, are some games, yeah. yeah. Uh, so key games that uh, I pointed out are uh, Sampdoria, Napoli, uh, Parma, Milan, Roma, Bologna, and Hellas, Verona, Lazio. Uh, I think that Samp Na- uh, Samp Napoli game uh, could be a high scoring game. Uh, I know, uh, again, 
uh, Quagarella scored and also Napoli have been scoring at least uh, two goals uh, on average in their last five games. There you go. Yeah. Great. Okay, let's uh, close the, the City Ab in then. Um... Hold on, actually. I just want to throw one quick shout out to Simi on Kotori. Yeah, group. Yeah, good point. Yeah, um, so read a crazy stat today. Over the past month, he is actually the most prolific goal we scorer in right? top five leagues. Yeah. <laughs> That's, hey, he's at 15 goals for the season. Like, I think him him and Messias are probably going to end up somewhere else in Syria next season, where we'll see. But, I mean, I think Cotone, they have no issue scoring goals, but they just can't keep them out. Uh, quick, quick, quick question. Quick yes or no question. Would you take Simi uh, as uh, Lukaku's backup, Julian? <laughs> a vice Lukaku. Um, yes. As a vice Lukaku, no, not yet. I don't think he's uh, making the jump from Katone to Inter's quite a large jump. Uh, that's all I got. I think he'll end up. I think he'll end up on like uh, Udinese, Bologna. One of those type teams. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Michael? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'd do it. You'd do Simi, it? Best. <laughs> hey, he has as many goals as Ebra this year. Uh, yeah, does he? He's yeah. uh, Ebra's at Ebra's yeah, played, I think, less true. games. But... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Would I take him as a vice Ronaldo? Paulo, would you? Um... I mean, at this point, like he'd be a cheap alternative because we do we do need a backup striker, in my opinion, another striker. Who uh, else is a possibility? Uh, well, Aguero. Yeah, I don't know. I don't see that happening. I mean, he is on a free. Yeah. yeah. But do you see it happening? A move for to Juve for Aguero? Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I mean, yes. Uh, I mean, Juventus has been notorious for signing players uh, on a pre-transfer, especially if mm-hmm. it's for you know a two-year contract. I, I'd do it. Yeah, I, I just don't see it, but maybe yeah, it's possible. It's possible. Okay, can we uh, close up that bag then? Yes. Yep. All right. Moving on. Uh, what are our last segments here, Paulo? I guess we'll do a Serie B minute. Uh, and then we'll do uh, we'll do a quick uh, Chris segment here. Yeah. Okay. So uh, there was actually, uh, I believe, it was round thirty-two that was played today. So just some quick results. Um, one's a tied Pescara one-one. Salernitana beat Frosinone one-nothing. Reggiana tied Brescia two-two. Uh, Cosenza lost at home to Cremonese one-nothing. Pisa lost one-nothing to Lecce. So, quick summary of the Serie B table. Uh, Empoli uh, have two games in hand on Lecce at, uh, with 59 points. Lecce at 58 points. Salernitana, 54. Monza, 52. Venezia, 50. Spal, 47. Cittadella, 46. Cabo, 45. And down in 16th position, it's Croto- uh, excuse me, Cosenza at uh, 32. Ascoli, 31. Reggiana, 31. Pescara 27, Antella 22. So, uh, guys, uh, Pescara only four points out of the uh, well, from the play out uh, instead of being re- uh, directly relegated to Serious uh, C. 
Right. And it uh, sounds like, again, there's a pretty, it's a pretty tight race for the top of the table too. Yes. Uh, so, but Empoli do have two games in hand though, because of, they were postponed, I believe due to COVID concerns. Right. Uh, so just quickly at next games, uh, Regina, Empoli, Ascoli, Monza, Brescia, Pescara, Venezia, Cosenza. So I was, I was actually taking a look at the schedule. Uh, Pescara played Brescia, Reggiana, and Entella in the next three games. So they, they do have to play uh, two teams in the bottom five. So that, I mean, that's their whole season right there, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yep. Good. Good stuff. Okay. Let's, uh, let's bring on uh, the Mr. Of the the show, the um, the one, the only, Mr. Chris Baselli. Uh Chris, uh, do you have a a, a fun? Uh, I don't know. Who am I? I don't know. Who am I? I don't know. <laughs> I've got I? I one, know, and I mean, as I mean, I need to remind you guys, but I did stump you last week, so I'm feeling confident. <laughs> that's true hey we don't say I, we, we don't bring I bring it up, it up. We I bring because like, hey, I don't hey, sleep for the remember. entire week yeah. <laughs> that's right uh, exactly. yeah we'll get right into it so hint number one this player is with his second Serie A club and spent more than five seasons with his first club okay hint number two uh, with his first Serie A club he made more than 90 appearances scoring 10 goals in all competitions. And then hint number three, this European has played with Dries Mertens, Mario Balotelli, and Costas Manolas. Shit. So at first I thought it was Quadrado. I'll go. But then he said he's I'll go through them again what you guys think about it a bit. So hint number one, this player is with his second Serie A club and spent more than five seasons with his first club. Hint number two, with his first Serie A club, he made more than 90 appearances, scoring 10 goals in all competitions. And then hint number three, this European has played with Dries Mertens, Mario Balotelli, and Costas Manolas. Okay, so the two clubs, I mean, Napoli is one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Because Mertens has only been there. And Balotelli, that's the issue, is we have a couple here. So he could have been at um, Milan. He could have been at Inter. And I guess... Was was Brescia? Yeah, yeah, Brescia, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it could have been been Brescia. But he would have to spend spend five years. No, it wouldn't be Brescia. Yeah, exactly. But but he he had 90 appearances for the other team. But was he... Although technically it was not... Exactly. (laughs) <laughs> Chris would do that. So, uh, but I don't think Napoli signed anybody from Russia. Could be also a, another club. Could be Roma, because Manolas played for Roma as well. But Balotelli didn't play for Roma, and Mertens didn't play for like the combination of the three of them didn't play for Roma. So I don't think Roma works. Right? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so um, it was yeah. ni- so Chris, you said the f- his first Serie A club it was ninety out. Uh, correct, goals. his first Serie A club, uh, more than ninety appearances with ten goals in all competitions. That was hint number two. And he played for correct. only two Serie A clubs. Yep. 
He's on his second. Okay, think about high profile, higher profile players who would have played it either again. I, yeah, I don't know. Like Brescia, I'd, I agree. Like it's, it sounds like a an interesting twist, but I'm not sure if that's part of it. it I, I'm thinking Milan just because it's Chris. Maybe. <laughs> played with. Yeah, that's true. It could have been somebody who went from Napoli somewhere but Manolas he only went last year to Napoli right did he yeah from, yeah that was uh, Manolas wire swap so he's currently on Napoli then perhaps that is true that, it's possible. is that what that means that's possible right mm-hmm. right or last year was his last year and now he's oh no but he would have had to play with Balotelli that the Balotelli one's throwing me off. Well, no, it's helping because it's 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 helping us kind of secure what we're looking at. So, uh, who would have been on that Balotelli Milan team? Uh, that's still playing. Mm-hmm. On wait, they're on Napoli right now. Is what we think. Yeah. Just um, while you're, you're you guys are thinking about that reminder, there is the option one or the other. You can choose the bonus hint, which. Um, sometimes may be good, sometimes uh, it may or may not, yeah. And yeah. Uh, or you can ask <laughs> a question which I may refuse to answer. Sometimes may be good, sometimes yeah. may be shit. <laughs> I, I say the bonus hit, maybe that helped, you know. It could even be a good hint. You know how much mm-hmm. we wanted one of those, yeah, exactly. Bonus hint, all right. All right, <laughs> all right. Bonus so hint. the bonus hint yeah. for this week this player is currently on loan. What? On loan. On loan. Fuck. Nah, I'm not answering club. that. Hey. But, uh, well, <laughs> yeah. Do you want me to give you his yeah. last name too? And then we... On loan. <laughs> <laughs> On loan. And so he's so he played. So it's a second club. Second City A club. But he could have left uh, City A before he went back to City A. And now he's on loan from whoever he was with before, right? So he, I, my guess on the order of this, of what's happened is he played with Balotelli at Milan. He was sold to a Prem club or something like that. And now he's on loan at Napoli. But I can't think who would be on loan at Napoli right now. Bakayoko's the only one I could think of, but he I don't think he scored 10 goals from no. Milan. And did he make 90 appearances over five seasons? I don't think so. Yeah. No. Definitely That's not. actually another key thing is that he's played five seasons for that other team. Yeah. So, again, this is like a veteran. This is like a... Struben's Dutch, right? Yeah. So for some reason, Struben came into my head. Okay, wait. Hold on. He hasn't played. He hasn't necessarily played with Balotelli in Serie A. Yeah, I was thinking that too. Son of a bitch, Chris. <laughs> Wait, the, the Balotelli was in France for a bit, wasn't he? Uh, yeah, he was at Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he was and, in and Marseille. and Marseille. Yeah. So, holy shit! I think it could be Struben. Struben. 
So he's played with Balotelli. Yeah. Manolas. And it's on his second uh, city at team. So he would have played with Manolas at uh, Roma. Correct. The only one we don't know is Mertens, but they could have played together back in like Belgium or something. PSV. PSV, yeah. Mertens. Yeah, I think you're right. Mertens. Wow. Okay. Strubman? Hey. Is it Strubman? Final answer. Final answer. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. You guys are going down the rabbit hole. Yeah. Just pulled that out of his ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, like, now it's what like I think I guessed at least three of the yeah. last. Like, yeah, the ones you guys, that right. well, you yeah. had a bad start because you you right away associated Mertens with uh, with Napoli. Yeah, so you were you made Napoli. it difficult there, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah. yeah. That was a good no, one. but I think we I think we again we we followed that pretty well though in the end we yeah. we brought it back and then Paul and again, uh, yeah the, the Balo hint was he was only there to screw <laughs> you guys up because he was at Marseille for like six months Marseille um, yeah, yeah of course yeah yeah huzzah huzzah <laughs> oh well. uh, next next week yeah those are fun we'll see <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> we were actually retiring the segment, Chris, so we can't. <laughs> so sorry. We'll just rename uh, it Who Are You and start so again. <laughs> <laughs> and then to play the uh, CSI theme song as. Uh... <laughs> All right, well, well done. Uh, Michael... Yeah, Michael, what's on the agenda for next episode? Uh, I don't know what's on the agenda for next episode. Well, that's, 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 I was just saying. Uh, well, obviously week thirty. Yeah, yeah, yeah we'll talk. We'll talk some week thirty. We'll talk some week thirty. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about uh, whether or not uh, Juve fired Pirlo. I guess. Yeah. We'll find out. We'll find, we'll out. find that out next week. Yeah, that's this for, week. Yeah, that's for sure. Um. So uh, what else? Uh, a lot to be looking forward to for next episode, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and there's only one place that you'll find this discussion. Actually, two, because Paula will also put some uh, of our convo on Twitter. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Great. <laughs> okay. Well, I think that's uh, that's a wrap for the show. Yeah. Uh, it's a pretty it's yeah. a pretty good show. If you if you just started listening at the end and you haven't listened to the beginning, I don't know what the hell you're doing because. That's not how podcasts work, but uh, thanks for sticking around. <laughs> um, if anyone uh, has anything, again, just to, I guess, finalize, bookend the episode, uh, speak now or, or else let's, uh, let's wrap her up. Uh, Michael, as you alluded to earlier, uh, a potential announcement this week. Well, I haven't decided, but uh, I'll, I'll, like it. I'll look into that. Okay, well, Paula will be looking into a potential announcement. And singing that's, lessons. It's uh, good. Uh, yeah. And singing lessons he should also be looking into, <laughs> but I'm not sure if he'll, if he'll go that route. No. Uh, no. Okay, great. Julian? Uh, okay, yeah, Julian? Um, just a quick touch on, because we were talking about agents last week and Donnarumma and Rayola and all that. Um Little news out of the Lataro Martinez camp is that he is actually sacking his agents to resign with Inter as well. Go on the screen here. There it is. Yeah. yeah. So, and remember, we were talking about um, Donnarumma as well. Um, 
and uh, I think it was Ibra and Haaland as, as well. Uh, and Riola actually tweeted out a, I guess, a compilation video or something of all, all the different headlines and putting fake news. So whenever he wants to make a message, uh, he usually comes out with uh, one short answer. Yes, true, yeah. which is fake yeah. news. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, there you have it. Again, um, Mino Raiola, super agent mm-hmm. of the stars. Uh, is he yeah. also Zlatan's? Yes, he is. Yeah, and Zlatan, I think, yeah. agreed to seven, uh, seven million extension. Euros. Yeah. Seven, right. Yeah. Seven, hey, that's seven news. million euros, by the way. Yes. Yes. I don't know how Chris feels but about if that. If we're in the but... Champions League, I don't give a shit. Yeah, I mean, he didn't even want to pay Donnarumma six, I think, right? So, because Donnarumma doesn't uh, as much. influence games as much. <laughs> as much. <laughs> uh, Chris, do you have anything? Uh, yeah, that you learned? Um, I guess I learned that uh, you and Julian don't think uh, Juve should bring Conte back. So, I thought we were going to be unanimous mm-hmm. in saying no. Well, we we were. Oh, we're, sorry. Uh, you know, I, I don't think uh, one way or the other. But... Oh. oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I said I if think he's available, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I mean, yeah. that was just if he's available, which I don't think he is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I learned that uh, despite uh, all of our, 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 I guess, despite Chris's efforts, we still managed to uh, come together as a team and solve that. Who am I? And I think that we. Again, I think that was a good approach. Whatever we did, we we this was our best solve yet because I think we we really used a lot of our our brain power and we uh, yeah we, we thought outside the box. Yep. So I think that's that's what I learned is that we were good at that. Okay, great. Uh, enough of that. Let's uh, let's call it a show. Uh, we'll be back next week. Um, and uh yeah we'll see again we'll see a lot of news might be might be wrapping up with again the pillow stuff and and uh the rest of uh the week we might have a little bit more of an idea on on what the city and the city table is going to look like but again we'll get there when we oh, get there uh, uh i forgot roma as well by the way they play thursday oh yeah they do yeah so it's yeah. rope league so there you go great there you go so you have uh extra soccer to watch this week Okay, well, again, with that, why don't we uh, call, it, call it quits, and uh, we'll see everybody next week. Okay, bye.